Welcome to the Pickleball Addiction Podcast. Today I'd like to welcome Karen Mitchell, co-founder of Pickleball England. Hi Mark, thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, yeah, thanks for taking the time out of your day. I know you're super busy always with your um, volunteer job, as we were talking about uh, at Pickleball England. Um, how's it going with you though? Um, well, I, from a results perspective, very well. Uh, as I said at the AGM on uh, Sunday, I really believe this year is the tipping point in the UK for Pickleball. Um, and I won't take credit from Pickleball England for everything because there's Pickleball Scotland and, you know, there's some huge powerhouses of people in Wales, um, you know, spreading the word as well. So, um, you know, but I do believe the tipping point in the UK is this year. Excellent. Well, we'll come on to some more um, numbers from the AGM, which are all very positive. Um, but yeah, it'd be good to get just a little bit of a, a background from yourself and kind of where it all began for you um, in playing pickleball. And, um, you know, when did you decide that you wanted to do something more than just play pickleball? So um, my pickleball journey started in 2015. I um, was putting out my bins and some neighbours were walking in tracksuit bottoms. They're in their late <laughs> 60s, so it was a bit unusual in tracksuit bottoms. I said, where are you off to? Looking all sporty. And they said the village hall, which is opposite where I live, um, and they're going to play pickleball. And the answer was pickle what? And I've heard that so many times myself since then. And they said, come along and have a look. So I couldn't refuse. I went. They then put a paddle in my hand. And that afternoon, I connected with my inner child, felt joy. <laughs> Given that I was um, been bereaved the previous year, joy, you know, that's that was an important aha moment for me. And I went back the next week to play again and continued to play. Um that was early in 2015. I met my now husband in late in 2015. And when I knew that uh, we were serious about each other, I introduced him to Pickleball. I wasn't going to do it before that. <laughs> um, and uh, he enjoyed it as well. He was looking for something. He was still playing football, even though he was in his late 50s. Um, but he was looking for something else. And uh, Pickleball uh, was the, the thing that he really um, uh, did felt that he could play more of and that was the beginning of our journey together in 2016 I think it was we went to our first tournament um, that's when we discovered that our pickleball court that we'd um, learnt on in the village hall wasn't a full-size court so uh, that was a baptism by fire for, for, for a start <laughs> so after that we decided that we needed to be playing on a full-size court if we really wanted to compete um, and so with the help of um, a, a local lady um, who used to be um, on um, a judging panel for the local uh, courts, she, she helped negotiate us getting some space on a pay-to-play basis in Eastbourne. Um, now, I'm just going to take a little sidetrack for a second. That pay-to-play um, at Shinewater in Eastbourne, which is a bit of a deprived area, actually, um, that started with uh, a few of us. I think there probably was about eight of us the first uh, time uh, and one session for two hours. 
they now have that was on a thursday they now have monday wednesday thursday and saturday afternoon sessions and there's also three advanced sessions in the afternoons as well so you know that chance that they took on pickleball in 2016 has now saved that sports center really because Mm. they you know i was talking to one of the managers and they said that pickleball is the highest user of that center wow. so it's a shame they've only got three courts to be honest we could build a, you know so many more courts if they had more so my little tangent there but it was an important point because it shows how the massive growth of pickleball you know in that intervening time has uh, has taken place right mm-hmm. uh, so that was 2016 um we went to our first international uh, tournament in 2017. We went and did the Bainbridge Cup in Madrid. Got to meet a lot of people on um, from the States then, um, including Ron Ponder, who has been to every English Open uh, tournament. Um, and um, I think it was around then that there was a UK pickleball um, and I think that GB Pickleball was starting to be thought of around that time as well. Both of which sort of like had bumpy existences. Um, and uh, by 2018, a few players had started talking individually to uh, Frank, co-founder, um, and Frank Rico and myself might be different players i'm not even really sure but you know suggesting that we do a governing body the issue for uk and gb was the fact that they were trying to do the whole of the uk um and uh pickle scotland by the time we were looking at this had already stated they were going to be um starting their own governing body so frank and i decided that um if we're going to do this we would uh do england uh only okay um and then of course Wales asked us if we would incorporate them. Um, uh, this was at our first AGM, and we said to them, "We're happy for you to join us, and we'll support you with however we can, um, but uh, we can't become Pickleball England and Wales because there is no sport England and Wales." So we obviously mm. already had a thought about getting recognition for the sport mm. for us to have that uh, response. I will say that there was a little bit of. Um, pushing by players for us to do this um and i probably was a bit naive going in about how much time i could invest into this i think i thought it might be a few hours a week well <laughs> it is a full-time job <laughs> yeah yeah a volunteer full-time job so uh but anyway yeah. that's my pickleball story i imagine yeah it's kind of got ramped up for you oh well i mean how how quickly did you did it become that full time job? Does it did it feel like straight away, or is it kind of crept up on you over the years and and suddenly it's, it's more than you as it's got bigger, it's yeah. got uh, as pickleball's got um, more popular, it's become a bigger job. So in 2019, after all the setup, in fact, it was 2018, we set it up very late and got it incorporated um, with um, Companies House. Um, that first foray was quite intense. Um, and then when we launched, uh, there was, you know, a lot of communications happening and things like that. But after that, um, the bulk of the effort was probably on the English Open tournament that I was already working with Sam Basford on um, and um, uh, trying to get people on board for regional directors and county representatives. So, um 
obviously during COVID, we couldn't do very much. So I had a nice rest there. And in fact, Chris and I were very lucky. We played every day in our village hall, you know, the court I just told you that we learnt on because mm. uh, no one could go into the village hall and I had a key. I got permission that we would hire the court every day. So the village hall was still getting a little bit of income and we were getting to practice every day. My game really improved actually during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and since then it's gone down because I don't get to play <laughs> often enough as I should. Uh, yeah. But anyway. <laughs> So is it still badminton courts that you play on in those, uh, you know, in the in that uh, place uh, in Eastbourne? In Eastbourne, they are badminton courts. We've got mm. a non-volley zone line um, mm. on there, um, but it is badminton courts. However, during COVID, Chris and I decided to build a court in our co uh, in our garden, and we now have a really lovely pickleball court that, when the weather's nice, we love to play out there. Um, yeah, and we've cool. had some really great sessions inviting people over for lunch and play um and we've even had some parties where we've had people playing pickleball when it's a birthday party or whatever it is it's a lot of fun great fun yeah that's the dream yeah love it. yeah i'm very envious of your back garden pickleball court for sure <laughs> so um yeah so this you know i know pickleball wales are actually doing quite a bit of what there you know there's, there's some people there that are kind of trying to get that kind of going properly now right um yeah they are. Island or... um, Cap... sorry go ahead Cap and paul um and i believe richard is also um involved in that leading the charge um and you know we're doing anything we can to help them uh with that you know frank helped them with their their bylaws or constitution um and uh i was on a call with Cap and uh paul and um an organization in Wales that helps sports endeavors. So, you know, we'll do whatever we can to support them. It's important to have a pickleball Wales, actually. Mm. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to that more anyway. Yeah. And there's already a uh, pickleball island, right? It's all Ireland. So, Northern Ireland and Southern Ireland have combined into pickleball mm. island. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, that's really I, i've heard your story a few times but that was that was quite interesting to kind of hear it again um <laughs> some of the things that you've well, I hope but... more people with it. <laughs> oh no no well i'm sure a lot of people won't have heard it like heard it before but for me yeah no it was, it was nice to hear it again and yeah, some extra details in there as well um that's really that's really nice um so let's go on to like the hot topic of the moment then hi mark mars here i hope you're enjoying the show this podcast is sponsored in part by the pickable addiction store and newsletter to support the show, please check out the Pickleball Addiction store at pickleballaddiction.co where we stock a wide range of paddles, balls, nets and other accessories. Use coupon code POD10, that's P-O-D-1-0, to get 10% off your first purchase. You can also check out the Pickleball Addiction newsletter at pickleballaddiction.news where we cover the latest news in pickleball from the UK and around the world. Thanks for your support and now back to the show. Um, which is... Um we've already alluded to it kind of getting recognition from sport England. Um, and you know, the, the process that you've undergone from that, I know you started talking to sport England quite a long time ago now. Uh, uh, so can you take us through, like give us an overview of kind of what's happened so far? So we started in 2019, we reached out to sport England, um, uh, to clarify the process. Uh, I think we had to have 750 members, um, in order to start the process and we got that 
you know, fairly rapidly, actually. So um, we did start the uh, recognition process. Um, our first uh, part of that was the pre application where mm -hmm. you've got to define the sport um, and um, you know provide some details of it for them to for Sport England to assess whether or not this is a different sport and uh, mm. whether you can go to the full application process so we submitted our original application in June of 2021 and um, we got the approval uh, of the pre-approval stage uh, in um, February of 2022. Um, so, you know, that was the start for us to then go into the full application process. That full application process is really quite a significant process. So mm. uh, we had to add some policies. We, you know, those various things we needed to put in place in order to meet the criteria. And we are finally were ready to uh, put in our full application in April of 2023. So, you know, it took us, you know, more than a year to actually get mm. our full application together. Now, bear in mind, we're all volunteers. We're doing this part time. Uh, you know, maybe, um, uh, you know, if we had staff, it could have been a quicker process. But, you know, that, that's when it was. So, um, the application was submitted and uh, Sport England asked us to meet with the LTA. Uh, we met with the LTA, um, explained that we were quite happy to uh, collaborate with them, but that we didn't want to come underneath them because we knew that Paddle uh, was already underneath them. Um, very cordial meeting um, and we agreed that we would meet again after the English Open. We um, have invited both the LTA and Sport England to come along to the English Open. In fact, I've been inviting Sport England to come along to every tournament that we've had uh, since 2019, actually. Yeah. Uh, but sadly, no one's ever available to come along. Mm. Um, and then um, we didn't actually manage to meet with the LTA again until October of uh, that year. Um, when they came to us with a proposal, they said they wanted to incorporate pickleball um, and they gave us uh, three options um, uh, about how that might be. One of them, um, uh, we uh, uh, agreed to go off and talk as a board about because there was just James, Frank and myself at the meeting. When the board met, we reviewed all the options and we decided that actually it wasn't in the best interest of Pickleball to go under the LTA. Um, and we went back to the LTA and said that uh, we decline and that, you know, we've been reiterating to Sport England that our application must be looked at under its own device, merit. you know, it, it, yeah. it, it stand on its own merit. Um, and um, we asked for uh, Sport England to let us know when our application would be reviewed uh, back in September time, I think it was, and they said it would be November. When we copied in Sport England to our response to the LTA, um, they advised that the meeting had been postponed to March of this year because we were talking to the LTA. We were only really talking because this Sport England asked us to talk to them, but, you mm. know, say la vie. Um, and so now that's why we're really focused on 
um, that Sport England meeting in March um, is next month. It's not far away. Yeah. Uh, where they'll be discussing pickleball. Now they haven't confirmed that they'll be discussing our application. They've confirmed that they're discussing pickleball. Mm. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. A couple of questions there. And so, what what's um, <clears throat> do you think Sports England's interest is in? meeting with the LTA in the, in the first place and actually kind of thinking about that being as a, being an option but also what's what's the benefit of the LTA for having pickleball under their uh, banner so um, from a small England perspective they told us when uh, we passed the pre-approval that even if we passed the um, full application process we shouldn't expect any funding for uh, pickleball England right. now um when we started this journey, we didn't actually go into it to get funding from Sport England. We went into it for Pickleball to be recognised um, and for us to be recognised as the NGB so that clubs could actually access funding, you know, for new mm. equipment, you know, okay. things like that. So, you know, that wasn't an issue for us when they said there would be no funding. Um, what we've noticed is that Sport England, are, you know, there are a lot of sports out there and I think they want to rationalise their their um, relationships. And, you know, to a certain extent, I can understand that, uh, you know, there's only so many people, resources. Um, but the thing about pickleball is that it is a sport for everybody, all ages, all abilities, you know, right around the country. It can be played on you know, lots of different surfaces, whether it be, you know, outdoor tennis tennis um, surface or mugger courts or um, just your car park, you know, <laughs> any surface really. In leisure centres, on badminton courts, um, we've even lined up gym courts, you know, sorry, gym floors, you know, it can be played anywhere really. So it doesn't really fall under any one camp. And I don't think that tennis has got any greater claim on it than badminton would have you know mm, in reality yeah, yeah. And, badmin and badminton have not even made a noise that they would like you know pickable underneath them so so i can understand sport england's perspective about rationalizing relationships however sport england have got a massive campaign to get people active and pickable could be a really great um, tool for them to get people active because it's the sort of game that you know you don't even realize you're exercising when you're playing it right because mm -hmm. it's fun mm -hmm. it's easy to pick up and you know what makes it so great is that anyone can be playing you know within about 30 minutes to an hour um, and then it takes a long time to really master so there's always something to be striving for um, and you know which makes you want to play more as well right so it, it I think that um, pickleball is an ideal sport to be at the centre of any Sport England um, activity strategy, you know, get people active. From a LTA perspective, um, I think that they see pickleball as a threat. Uh, you know, they can see the momentum building. They've seen what's happened um, in the US. Um, and they also have their tennis opened up program, which is to try and get, you know, younger people into tennis and, you know, to retain older players as well. So, you know, I think that that's really their motive um, is, you know, 
to stop the threat, but also potentially leverage it for the the um, the, the older and, and the younger. Um, again, that doesn't work for us. You know, we want pickleball to be for everybody um, and not limited um, uh, in any way. Uh, so that's the reason why we're resisting. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's the reason why we need to make sure prior to the review meeting that Sport England really um, uh, understand that it's important for a nascent sport like ours to have its own governing body so that our wings aren't clipped, that, you know, um, we can uh, grow this sport uh, as quickly as we have. I mean, you know, we started in 2019 and I looked up the number just before uh, we started this interview. Momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's fantastic. I assume, you know, the, the promotion of the English Open kind of helped with that, uh, the fact that, that those, those got opened up, or is it other, other things that are happening? The... It's other things, really. So the English Open, you don't have to be a Pickleball England member to mm. enter, so it doesn't drive any um, membership for the English Open. Uh, or from the English Open. Uh, other things are really driving it. Um, we, we, for our events, uh, like uh, Pickleball Leaders Certifications for leagues, things like that, you need to be a Pickleball England member, so that drives membership. Clubs doing a drive, saying to their, their members, you know, please join Pickleball mm. England. I always see spikes when a particular club has communicated to their members. Pickleball Wales, um, I communicated uh, with the team that are working on that, that they had 203 members, I think, uh, within Pickleball England. And their number to get the ball started with um, the recognition process for Pickleball Wales is 250. So they've been doing a drive uh, to get memberships. Uh, you know, it's all sorts of things like that that will drive yeah. membership. Yeah, maybe you should have to be a Pickleball England member to... to... You know, enter the English Open or something like that. There's quite a few, probably that aren't. You have to for the nationals. You have to for right. the nationals, but not the English Open, because we ah. want to attract country. You know, people from all different countries, and mm. um, you know, uh, for that reason, yeah, you, you don't want to force them to to become a member of Pickleball England. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. So going back to to yeah, to the the Sport England stuff then. So yeah, I mean, I. Yeah, the pickleball is great because it is easy to learn, hard to master. All all best games, all of the best games like that. I used to play quite a lot of poker, and that's exactly the same way. So easy to pick up, but to become really good at it, it takes time. Um, and just hitting a plastic ball with a bat is what I always say. It's just it's just so much fun and joy in doing that. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's really satisfying, and I think that's why for me yeah. that was the, the thing that I enjoyed most when I first played it for the first time. Um, so, I mean, you look at that wiffle ball and you think, oh, that's just too hokey, you know. But actually, it, it is, it's fantastic. It really is. As I say, my first time I connected with my inner child and every time I play, I connect with my inner child. Well, you know, that that's special. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, the, we talked about the Tennis Opened Up program, which is, you know, to, to, be, to clarify, you know, they're talking about using it for youth, to as a feed out almost into tennis right and then when people when tennis becomes too much physically for people then to to actually them have something else to do kind of after that but you know it's 
it's not it's not even it's not it shouldn't be a feeder into tennis because it's not tennis for a start and also like it's such a fantastic game as we just expressed in its own right look what's happening in the us it's just taking over like absolutely and i I mean go ahead yeah i was talking to a a tennis center this morning actually um and i do think that pickleball can be a feeder for tennis but I don't think it's at the um, neglect of pickleball, right? Mm, so yeah. uh, this gentleman was telling me that, um, you know, he, he can access different pockets of people um, offering pickleball, and many of them have taken up tennis as well, you know, youngsters mm, um, yeah. as well as older people. Uh, but because it attracts different people in the first instance, um, he's getting many more people come to his center and you know everyone's really enjoying it and then once they're at the tennis center they look at tennis as well so you know it it definitely can be a feeder and and i'm not against it being a feeder for tennis but i don't want it only to be a feeder no. for tennis no and actually i've seen it the other way around where at the club that i play at people play tennis and then they see people playing pickleball and they have give they've that a go as well so it kind of works in, in Absolutely. both directions. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what would the LTA say then? So, I mean, you said that they that you feel that they're worried about it being a threat to tennis, but I'm sure that's not what they would say. They haven't said that. Don't, don't get me wrong. They haven't actually articulated that. No, no, no. That's more reading between yeah. the lines. But what would, what would their reasoning, if, they, if, they, if we were to ask them, you know, what, you know why, why do you want pickleball under... You know, under your control, what would they say? Well, they, they've, they've actually said that they feel that it would fit nicely within their mm. tennis opened up. Um, right, and that course. they've got, I mean, they, they positioned it as they could help us. They could help pickleball, you know, by opening up tennis courts, um, you know, by letting us have access to their uh, people that specialize in different areas, you know, like safeguarding and promotion and getting into schools and you know so they they did give us a sales pitch um that you know said these are all the areas that we can help pickleball with and don't get me wrong all of that sounds really great right um but the downside is that you know the L- the LTA's um infrastructure is really set up for tennis um it's added paddle into it now my own personal opinion is that um, whilst paddle has grown, it's not grown at the rate it could have done if there'd been a paddle association just dedicated to uh, driving the growth of paddle. And so I don't want that to happen uh, for uh, pickleball. Um, I say I, but I mean the board. You know, we, mm. none of us want that to happen for pickleball. Um, so uh, you know, just st- remaining independent is critical. I think for growth um and you know the people that have reached out since the telegraph article for instance they feel the same way you know um everyone seems to think that um it would be a a backward step for uh pickleball to be subsumed by the lta Mm -hmm. absolutely okay well we won't speculate about like what what uh, you know the different outcomes might be and if if it did become under one banner or the other or, or whatever then you know what might happen but just just lastly on this before we move on to something else that uh, 
Now, what would it mean for pickleball and the growth of pickleball to be recognised as a sport by Sport England? Well, as I said earlier, um, pickleball clubs could uh, access, you know, lottery funding and other sources. I mean, lots of trusts that have got uh, funding for sports. One of their first requirements is that the sport is recognised. So, you know, that's the primary okay. um, reason for recognition is so that people can access uh, funding. From a Pickleball England perspective, it, it um, recognises that we've put a lot of infrastructure in place um, and that Sport England want to work with us, um, you know, and, and, you know, given that we have put in a lot of blood, sweat and tears, uh, it would be nice to have that uh, cherry on top. And in fact, that was the goal that Frank and I set ourselves when we started Pickleball England, is that we would shepherd Pickleball England through to recognition by Sport England. Um, and, you know, I'm already thinking about the fact that we're in an inflection point right now and we need to prepare ourselves for the next few years. And part of that preparation needs to be me transitioning off as well. Frank is already transitioning off as of the last um, AGM. Yeah. And, you know, we need to get a plan in place that enables me to transition off uh, at the right time as well. So, you know, Sport, rec Sport England recognition is pretty important to us. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, let's let's move on to to the AGM uh, then. And... One other thing, actually. Yes, yeah, sure. Sorry, one other thing. Um, if pickleball ever wants to be an Olympic sport, I believe that it needs to um, be a separate uh, association, hmm. um, and uh, you know there'll be a separate uh, world governing body for pickleball as there. There are a few in the frame at the moment, but we'll cover that later. Um, but there'll be a, a, an international uh, or world governing body and that um, individual pickleball associations and confederations would be linked to that governing body and they would then um, submit their teams for the Olympics. I think Sport England recognition of Pickleball England is a vital part of that step. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's that's really interesting. I had a question. Uh, we originally planned to do this interview back in October uh, last year, and uh, there was I mentioned it on my face uh, on the Pickleball Addiction Facebook group that you were coming on, and if anybody had any questions, and that was one of the questions was, you know, do you know what it would take to make pickleball an, an, an Olympic sport, and how far are we are we down that road? So that's definitely one piece of the puzzle. Do you, you think? Yeah, uh, you know. Um... I don't know how far we're down the road. We need to have one world governing body first. Um, and uh, we, there needs to be over 70 countries playing it. That piece is definitely in place. Uh, but then the 70 countries need to have enough players to be able to select a team from, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the UK, we need to have a UK governing body that England and Scotland and Wales can filter up to so that there could be a GB team. Um, you know, so there, there's lots of challenges along the way. I don't know how long um, it will be before pickleball could be in the Olympics. And I think there are some other bigger challenges that need to be resolved um, first anyway. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to hold my breath is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that, that might move. I mean, so before we go into the AGM things thing, so you're on the board of directors at the World Pickleball Federation. Um, is that what we're talking about here when we're talking about a global uh, you know, federation for the sport? Well, what is the WPF's kind of mission and 
you know, what, what does your role entail within that? So I don't really want to spend a lot of time on um, international um, because that's sort of like, you know, if this is my day job volunteer, that's my night job volunteer mm. role, right? <laughs> uh, but you're right, I am on the, the uh, uh, at least I'm currently on the, the uh, board of directors for the World uh, Pickleball Federation. I've been doing that since 2019. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, whilst there's a really nice group of volunteers uh, there, we don't have enough time for it, really. Mm. I mean, we're all involved in, you know, our own associations and, um, you know, there's never enough time to really devote to it. And so what's happening right now in international is that there are three um, bodies jockeying for um, that position of world governing body, right? right. So there's World Pickleball Federation, there's the International uh, um, Pickleball Federation, and uh, there's also Global Pickleball Federation. Um, I will just say a couple of things on this, though. Um, one of the things that Frank and I uh, agreed for Pickleball England is that um, it need, our organisation needs to be democratic. Um, it needs to be a member, member-led uh, organisation um, and uh, the bylaws um, or, you know, um, need to allow for members to express, you know, their will, right? So for um, elections for directors, so that, you know, you could influence there. In fact, we've got elections happening right now, which we can talk about later. Um, and uh, AGMs, you know, transparency of information, um, you know, all of those things are really fundamentally important to us. Um, the World Pickleball Federation has um, uh, de democratic bylaws. The um, International Pickleball Federation um, has some democratic bylaws, but it doesn't go 100% of the way. Global Pickleball Federation, in, in our view, does not have um, uh, democratic bylaws. Uh, so uh, Pickleball England is currently a member of the European Pickleball Federation um, and a member of the World Pickleball Federation, but is not a member of either of the other organizations. And from my perspective, all the time, you know, I have any influence, I would not sign up to any of the other organizations um, because they're not democratic. If I cannot um, influence just by one vote, you know, who's elected to a board, then I don't think that that's democratic. And, you know, Global Pickable Federation have been inviting countries to join them and offering board seats with no one voting for them, right? Um, and, um, you know, I would also like to point out, and I, I don't want to cause too much controversy here, but, you know, the US uh, Pickable um, Association, USAP, uh, that governs Pickable in the US, They've never had an AGM and they've never had an elected director. It's all the board um, identifies mm. their board themselves. So right. they just don't hold water from my perspective as democratic organizations. Yeah, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this, that all pans out then over the, the coming coming years as well. But um, it's, it's all coming in one way or another. So that's, that's a good thing. But. Okay, onto the, onto the AGM then. So you mentioned, yeah, so we, you've got, and you mentioned in the AGM that there's 15,000 estimated kind of players um, in the UK, and you mentioned six and a half. I think that's woefully underestimated, mm. actually, just, mm. you know, talking anecdotally 
uh, to people. I, I actually think that's underestimated. So the way I calculate that number is based on, um, you know, the uh, clubs uh, that sign up and the number of players they have, our membership um, uh, numbers and, you know, um, event um uh, sign-ups and uh, as well so it's, it's a bit of an extrapolation um, I'm not saying that it's it's uh, you know very scientific but you know um, that that's how I calculate it but just talking to uh, players and club leaders recently I think I might be underestimating it rather than overestimating it you know the U3A for instance I think I'm, I shared at the AGM um, I'm just gonna look for the page actually um, the, the number of members they had was you know significantly higher uh, than I had put in for my calculations um, so I'm just looking for that uh, while I'm talking uh, you know I, I'm blown away by the work um, that um, David Petchy is doing um, helping new U3A uh, clubs get together so the number that they had um, 2750 wow. um, and that's across um, 83 uh, U3A um, organizations. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is. It's huge. I do wonder about how many clubs are out there that kind of aren't registered for Pickleball England as well. And obviously, yeah, players there are that aren't. a few. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there just, are a few. Just sort of um, obviously, I don't know about them. Otherwise, I'd be asking them to yeah, uh, register. Exactly. But <laughs> I'm sure there are a few. I have actually, you know, a couple of times I've heard about new clubs and I've reached out um, and they say that they're just testing the waters about whether or not they can actually do regular sessions and that when they do do regular sessions, they'll register. And that's fair enough. Hmm. I think it makes sense. I can't imagine many not, not doing that because it's such a good uh, advertising for them if people are looking for a, a club. Where would they go? They, yeah. you know, they're going to they're going to find the page on the Pickleball England website, ultimately. So yeah, you wouldn't not do it unless unless you just didn't know about it, you know, really. So so yeah, I think well, it, you know the um, the reason for signing signing up to Pickleball England really is to get on the club lo locator because that drives mm. people to the club. So if you're trying to build it, uh, you want to register so you can be on that club locator. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes it does drive too many people. I've had a few clubs that say, can you just say that we're closed because we've got sufficient numbers at the moment, you know, so we update the club locator to show it's still there, but that they're not taking new members at the moment, you know. Mm. So um, uh, that's one of our biggest uh, places, uh, sorry, you know, uh, locations on our website that people visit is our club locator. Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. That's how I found <laughs> my local clubs when I first got interested so right. yeah right. yeah absolutely absolutely it's a shame I think it'd be good if these clubs would still take applicants and just retain a list you know they could then reach out to you later on um, but also and other clubs well, could start well, when, nearby. I do, when I say that when, when I say that they're um, um, full I also add in there a, a link for them to be able to say that they're interested so that we're right. capturing uh, the information so yeah it's not lost completely yeah Excellent. I think uh, so. You get, Zed mentioned six and a half thousand active members, uh, Pickle Wigland, with a forecast of hopefully ten thousand by the end of the year, which would be nice. It's it's starting to look exponential, and I mean, I've only really been in Pickleball a year or so, and 
even I feel like it's starting to get legs of its own and it's, I'm not sure you feel like that. You, you know, things are happening without you even knowing and, uh, you know, whereas previous probably yeah. you knew everything that was happening in Pickleball and suddenly you, things are popping up all over the place. It feels like lots of initiatives are happening all on their own right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I you know, I think I um, uh, said in uh, the AGM that the ecosystem is really growing. There are many more people involved in Pickleball, you know, from a, uh, selling equipment perspective, coaching, mm. um, you know, media, you know, like yourselves. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, it, it's only going to grow um, in, in that regard. So that's, that's all positive signs that this, this game isn't going away. Um, and, you know, people, events as well, you know, people are, are, are making money uh, by putting on events now, you know, that's not a bad thing uh, to happen because it's giving players what they want. They want to go and play, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can't possibly put on all the events in uh, the country. So all of these are good things that are happening that demonstrate the growth and the fact that it's starting to stand, you know, on its own two legs, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will put a link to the to the AGM presentation in in the description um, of the of the video and the podcast, um, so people can go and look at it. But yeah, yeah, you can actually access it if you're a member, though. So ah, um, there yeah, you, go. You, you can put the link. But it'll only work if you're signed in. So there you go. So another reason to sign up to to Pickable England. But exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a huge a huge amount of. Um, information you'd pull together there yeah and it was really interesting to say like all of the ecosystem things that a lot of them you know really only popped up in the last year right um of those things so yeah that's yeah. it's good and there's 449 venues you had versus 285 from the previous previous agm so that's a huge huge number of new venues absolutely and if you give me a second i'll look at what today's number is because um uh, that's been increasing. We, we've actually, uh, Lauren Bandel has actually been um, adding the um, uh, places to play uh, onto the club locator because uh, Frank Frank was doing them previously and he just couldn't keep up with them. Uh, mm. And so um, the number that we've got on there right now is 505. And that's just, you know, an increase wow. since last Sunday. Yeah, I know. So, you know, <laughs> it's That's growing. And, and I, I think I said at the, the uh, AGM as well, you know, I can feel it. Like I, every time I, 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 I think about this, I've got the Jacksons uh, singing in my head. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Yeah. Feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drum, oh, and definitely. Like uh, the... Yeah, I mean, that's just incredible. That's, that's amazing. And I love that. Um, and I, I think it's so important that you do have somebody that's got that's on that now as well. That Because, again, if people are looking to play, you know, that's ultimately going to be registration for people. But you just want more and more people playing, don't you? If, you, if they've got a club nearby and it's on the locator, because that is... If you search on anything on the web to do with finding a pickleball club in the UK, you end up at that page. And that's just yeah. Yeah, so important for that. So I'm really pleased that... You've really got somebody that's going to be looking after that now, long term, because that's going to be huge. I think. Oh, yeah, we're very grateful to Lauren. He's doing a really great job. You used to have to wait sort of seven to ten days for it to be updated. I think he does it within a you know 
within 24 hours in most cases, but mm. two to three days max. You know? So, and, and that is vital. So thank you, Lauren. <laughs> I mean, people keep finding new venues and places to play, but you've got to feel at some point, you know, I, I know that there are clubs that are, like you already mentioned, are over capacity because they, and, and they've got in another facility or, or another place that they can go in the local area. I mean, so, you know, at some point we're going to max out all of those badminton courts and we're going to need some dedicated facilities, right, um, as well. Um, I think you're going to start to see them growing, um, you know, uh, coming you know, in the next few months. I think there'll be more and more uh, mm. that will come about. You know, Telford um, uh, Pickleball Club, uh, starting in August uh, of uh, last year um, after the English Open, that has proven that if you build it, people will come. You know, at, at first, I don't think that Mike was convinced he was actually going to make it profitable. He tied it up with his own software uh, for booking the courts and things like that in it, thinking that he might be able to defray some of the costs. But, you know, he's now talking about expanding. So, you know, he's mm. done a phenomenal job there. And, you know, people just love playing on the dedicated pickleball courts. No more extra lines and, you know, all the rest of it. So, uh, you know, oh, it's yeah. brilliant. And he, he then will give others confidence to do the same um and you know i know there are projects i've spoken to lots of different people i can't disclose any information but there are lots of projects bubbling under there and you know sooner or later they're all going to start to to be implemented yeah i'm incredibly impressed yeah with what he's done with with that he he's also just for people listening he's also running um seminars if you're interested in starting your own club so that you can kind of get the insight yeah. into like how he kind of makes it a profitable which is great um, because yeah, I've fantastic. also spoken to quite a few people about who are thinking about starting facilities and they're all in the in the pipeline. But everyone I've kind of spoken to, he said, you know, it's not you can't really do it unless you have a social space with a bar and food and all of those things, because it can't pay for itself through court fees alone. Now, he's pretty much done that. So I, I'm, I'm really impressed that he's I know he's got he's, he's got a plan. I, I, I've been trying to get him on since the English Open last year. And he says, no, I can't. I'm too busy. And he's he said he will at some point. But since the English Open last year, and, and, and sorry, since he set up straight after that with the with the courts. Yeah. Um, so I, I will at some point. I keep I'm nagging him every month so, um, to, to do it. So he will at some point. But and also, uh, you know, you look at the, what they're doing on the social media side of things as well. You can tell they're building a community as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everything that Pickleball is, they're doing uh, with that uh, center uh, as well. You know, so it's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, talking about the Open then, how's the, the planning for the Open coming along? And yeah, can... I said I wasn't going to do another one after the last one, but someone <laughs> else would have to do it. <laughs> oh, dear. Before you go on to that, like, I just want to say again, and I say every time, like, what a spectacle it was, the English Open. If you're not registered and you love pickleball, you get registered because they're running out of space. It's running out of spaces because I've been to a lot of sporting events. I love sport and I've been to a lot of sporting events over the years, you know, from like the ashes in the cricket and football and lots of things. But honestly, that for me was just so good. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want it to end. I just love playing on those dedicated courts, of course, that you mentioned, but also just going to the, to the main court where you had the, the, the proper seating that was tiered seating for, and just to be able to watch the pros play when you weren't playing you're just like 
completely immersed in pickleball for you know three three four days and it was honestly i just even now you can probably tell I, I just get so excited when i think about that time that i had uh there so it was brilliant and i know how much it work it is for you but i'm not the only one who had the time of my life there at, at that time so um it, it was brilliant i know i must admit that uh you know the feedback that we had uh from the english open was phenomenal and it was a step change from you know, previous events. The, the year before we were at Southampton and that was a great event, you know, everyone loved it. Um, and it, it was sort of like our template of having pros come over and all the rest of it. But having the whole thing on dedicated pickleball courts in a massive place like Telford, that really ratcheted up the excitement, you know, um, I, I got goosebumps myself, um, even though it was a lot of stress um, I, you know, I, I really felt goosebumps the whole time. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I'm glad we're going back to Telford because the atmosphere there and we know it works there. So it's not like, you know, we're, we're worried about the the, uh, the venue. I mean, believe it or not, I was worried about Telford, not because the space wasn't um, uh, great, because that uh, was far from the case. I thought it'd be fantastic space. But what I was worried about was that uh, it might feel a little cold compared, you know, what the, it would lack the intimacy. That's what mm. I was worried about. Um, and so, you know, at the last minute, um, I got Sally to do some um, uh, posters for the back of the toilet uh, doors to remind people that, you know, a smile um, for the ladies is is, is the, a great facelift. And for the men, uh, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it says, but it makes them more approachable anyway. Um, and, um, you know, I just I wanted to make it as friendly as all of the others um, had been. Now, I'm not saying that that did the trick, but my worries were unfounded because mm -hmm. if anything it felt even friendlier and oh, yeah. the vibe vibe was just was electric, incredible yeah. i was i was locked in a room most of the time you know doing stuff that needed to be done but i even felt it inside that room you know it was palpable mm -hmm. it really was yeah. uh so yeah no i very happy we're all very happy with the english open last mm -hmm. year and you know we're hoping that even though we've extended it to seven days that we don't lose any of that um, and, uh, you know, if we get the sort of 1,500 to 2,000 registrations that we are uh, projecting, um, then I don't think we will uh, lose any of that. Um, we've got, uh, I've just got the numbers up in front of me, actually, so just bear with me while I quickly look. It was, it's over 1,000 that we've got anyway. It's 1,183 registrations as at this morning. So, mm -hmm. um you know, we're over halfway there and we only opened registration just over two weeks ago. So, mm -hmm. you know, that that was actually fun seeing those numbers go up. In fact, <laughs> I've got my little uh, clipboard uh, here. I, I, to be honest, it was it was quite amazing uh, watching it. Let me just get this in front of me. Yeah, I bet as soon as so the email, I know I was waiting. <laughs> we opened registration um, at 11 o'clock. By 11.07, there were 175 uh, registrations. 11.30, 361. 12 noon, 421. 1 p.m., 504. 1.30, 517. I then had to go out. So uh, 3.10, we had 575. 
by 5.30, it was at 6.16. By midnight, 698. Mm. That just showed you that the whole day consistently. Um, we uh, got to, um, so that was on the 18th, was it we opened up? No, the 12th we opened up. We got to 1,000 on uh, the 15th. So in mm. three days, mm. oh, not well, it's 982 in three days, so nearly 1,000. Yeah. So yeah, that was fun seeing those go up. <laughs> what we now need to focus on is uh, getting players from overseas because that's the other piece that makes it very special is having lots of overseas players, and to get you know next generation and potentially pro players over as well. So mm-hmm. uh, lots of work to do still. Yeah, I can't remember if I've told you this already or not, but um, I was listening to a podcast which uh, Susanna Barr was on and she was asked what was her oh favourite tournament of the year in 2023 and she said the English Open um, oh, um, yeah well, she, because... she actually up to me and said you know she said that she'd love to come back so we're going to be talking to her about potentially coming back she was wonderful wasn't she everyone oh, yeah. that interacted with uh, said how amazing she was and uh, you know I see that on social media when people respond to her she responds back you know really lovely lady really lovely person and so smiley you know she she didn't need that sign on the back yes. of the toilet because she's just smiling all the time and I think she's just having a great time herself exactly. you, could, you could tell exactly. yeah um, yeah now she's just opened up her own indoor pickleball club as well so uh-huh. I'd love to hear from her how that's going too yeah definitely definitely and yeah okay all right um so just thinking at the time here let's just to, uh okay I guess one one last question before we just go on to like the the quick fire kind of future kind of question. So, I guess what is Pickle Wiggling not doing today? Maybe at the grassroots level of the game that you'd like to be able to focus on, kind of going forward, or we'd like to to put some focus on focus on going forward. Or is there anything? So, yeah, no, no, there are lots of things. You know, we we can we can always do more right we you just cut your cloth according mm. to your means um and you know one of the things that we'd like to to be able to do is provide clubs with access to tools that will help them um so you know i keep talking about having a um i call it customer relationship management system but it could be account management system it, it you know whatever you want to call it but basically having a, a system where you can have a hierarchy of like players, clubs, um, and other people in the ecosystem where they can access um, data uh, for them, their own data. So like clubs can have all their members and their members would be uh, members of Pickleball England. Um, and that there may be some add-ons that come to that, that, you know, come with that, that they want, you know, whether it be insurance or website, you know, build your own website or, um, you know, tools, you know, in terms of posters, you know, it, mm. it could be anything really, you know, but that this is the way to be able to access it. You know, I personally want to be able to see, um, for instance, you know, Sam Basford. He's um, uh, one of our uh, uh, two master teaching professionals in uh, the UK. So I want to be able to identify him on our database that he's a master teaching professional. He's mm. also attends events. He's also a, a tutor for a Pickable Leaders certification. I want to be able to know my relation or Pickable England's relationships with Sam so we can talk to him 
at the you know, with the right relationship at the right time so you know i i, I can identify him to to uh, ask him if he would mind tutoring a particular course or i could say to him sam you're an events manager would you be interested in doing an event here or whatever at this moment in time you know like pulling together the data for the agm it's lots of disparate places that the information is at i'd like it all together so that you know uh, we can access it and that regional directors can then see the picture their snapshot for their regions for the counties they can see where they need to perhaps get more county representatives in to be able to build you know or support clubs building pickleball you know um identifying players that have been through the pickleball leaders certification that might be interested in helping for taster sessions you know if we need somebody to go along and help for a taster session you know, knowing that we've got somebody who's qualified and that they're willing to do it, we can go to them first to ask, oh, there's a taste session in your area. Would you mind helping? You know, so things like that, just to be more efficient, but to add more for clubs and for players as well. Yeah. OK, that makes sense. I mean, that's one thing we haven't touched on is the the the, cert, uh, the certification program, the Pickleball England one that's kind of going to be starting kind of soon. Do you want to pre- briefly mention kind of that and what that's about so that people can, can, can hear about it? So um, we always had a goal, and it's in our strategic plan, that we would eventually bring our own curriculum in. The first um, entry for that was the Pickable Leaders Certification, which was actually created by Elaine Shalcross, BEM. Um, and, um, <laughs> you know, we've been rolling that out across, uh, the, uh, across the country. In fact, we've even, uh, you know, rolled it out in um, Belfast recently. Um, so uh, that was our first uh, stage. We've probably got about seven tutors that um, uh, put courses out uh, on that. Um, but we've been leveraging the IPTPA um uh, level one and level two uh, teaching curriculum. Um, we spoke with Riff, who heads up uh, the IPTPA, and said, "Look, we're at that point where we need to put our own in place. It needs to be uh, UK centric. It needs to meet Sport England guidelines. You know those sort of things. Um, could we base it on your teaching, but to, to to make it our own?" And he was quite receptive to that. So. Sam and uh, Rob Williams, who uh, is also a master teaching professional with the IPTPA, they have been developing um, our curriculum. Uh, Pickleball England um, asked them to develop. We're paying them to do that. Um, probably not as much as it worth, but you know, we still mm-hmm. haven't got big purses. Um, and uh, the level one is nearly ready. Uh, I've seen, uh, I shared at the AGM a little bit of the booklet, but you know, a photographic shoot um, has happened, just putting all the photos into the right place and getting a forward by Riff and, you know, from another sporting um, uh, body so that, you know, it's got credentials as well. So April, we're going to um, uh, pilot level one, uh, get some feedback on it. And if the feedback's good, then we will start to roll that out. We will rebadge the Pickable England, sorry, the, the Pickable Leaders certification so it looks part of the same curriculum so because they're they're part of the same umbrella, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sam and, and um, Rob will... Uh, switch to level two and and eventually level three um coaching um to build on it yeah great excellent okay um 
I think we've covered uh, a lot of the things here. So this one's really high level. So you know, in the UK, you know, how do we become world leaders in pickleball? So I know that Australia, uh, you know, the UK and, uh, UK and Australia probably after the US, like the, the, the places where pickleball is biggest is, is my understanding, at least right now. Um, in terms of... okay, so it's USA, Canada. Oh, and Canada. And then I think Australia and then england yeah yeah i think we have more registered players right in australia but they just have more facilities uh because they've got more space to build them is that correct or am i have i got that no they've oh. got ten thousand registered players ah, okay. now maybe if um england and scotland um uh you know england scotland and wales all got together maybe we would challenge them for more mm. players uh but they, they are about and, and you know i know they haven't got the same population we have but think of the space they have mm. <laughs> That's well, they can Boss. build, yeah, yeah, Faces. yeah, they can build, yeah, so. yeah, which is definitely our challenge, okay. Mm. But, um, okay, and I guess you know, to become world leaders, we need to, to have to build the facilities to encourage the players at grassroots to come in and and actually kind of make that happen because I, I, I just have a vision of the future where it is a world game where countries compete against each other and. I always like the idea of like a Ryder Cup or what's it called Davis Cup kind of situation where it's the US versus Europe uh, kind of competitions. That 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 I could see. Well, the the news flash for you then, um, and maybe it hasn't been promoted enough. Actually, I'll have to look into that. Mm. Uh, there is um, an Atlantic Cup happening next oh. month in Miami, um, and uh, James Thaddeer and uh, Louis are part of Team Europe. Uh, for uh, that Atlantic Cup, um, and then I think Maria. You know, I can't remember exactly who the other players are. I think Bastie might be there from uh, Germany. Germany. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, there is an Atlantic Cup that's happening um, in Miami, um, and in November the European Pickleball Championships mm. are taking place. So, uh, you know, each of the European associations will be submitting a team. Uh, England have already paid its subscription to submit a team. Um, yep. So we will be doing a um, selection process uh, at some point uh, this year. The board needs to, to focus on that on its first meeting um, of uh, the board when the current elections are completed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew about the European Pickleball Championships, but the Atlantic Cup I did not know about. So that's interesting. Yeah, I'll have a look at that. Yeah, it's Europe versus the USA. So is it? it it's just a hit. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's Europe, is. Europe versus USA. And uh, it's uh, going to be just ahead of um, an APP um, event um, in Miami. I, I, I want to say it's the first, second week of um, March. Um, but um, the date's eluding me for a moment, but it's, it's, it's not far away. Mm. It's maybe the second or third week of March, one or the other. Yeah, okay. I'll put links again in the description so people can go and check that out. But yeah, that's, that's great. Well, I didn't know, I didn't know that. It's already happening. <laughs> so that's what I was saying about things happening when you, all over the place, you just don't know it's happening. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, and so if you were to be given 10 million pounds tomorrow to promote pickleball in the uk how would you spend it i would get some staff in to um you know focus um on uh pickleball 
Um, you know, we're at that point where we need to hire people um, and having that sort of money would give us, you know, um, enough confidence to be able to hire um, some people. Um, but I wouldn't just spend it on staff. Obviously, that's an awful lot of money. I would spend it on facilities as well, um, whether that be, you know, some sort of grant program where people who want to open facilities, you know, can access some pots of funds or, you know, um, whether it be... Um, us building our own bespoke facility to house the English Open going forward or whatever. I yeah. mean, you know, that that's my personal opinion, but obviously it's not my decision. It would be a board decision. Um, so, you know, my, that, that's the way I would sway, but it would be for the board to discuss exactly mm-hmm. how. But facilities and um, staff, I think the two key priorities mm-hmm. from my perspective. I think something like a, a national pickleball centre would be, would be good as well so that's what i was referring to so yeah, yeah. if we had somewhere like how's the english open it would be a national yeah. pickable center yeah 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 definitely okay <clears throat> okay last but not least then um is there anything else that you can share that may not be widely known knowledge uh public knowledge at the moment that you're excited about Because we've just had the AGM, I've pretty much shared everything. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, that's the time when I do share, um, uh, you know, or when we share um, uh, everything that's been going on and, and future plans. So I can't think that I, there's anything that we haven't really announced. And obviously with the Telegraph um, uh, article, you know, we're, we're we're um highlighting other things as well so um yeah. no i can't think and think i can't give you an exclusive mark sorry okay no worries that's fine um okay in that in that question one last one then so you know if you have a favorite do you have a favorite memory um since taking taking on the challenge with pickleball i think it's got to be the english open actually mm. it really has and um Sitting, uh, watching some of those, uh, I didn't get to do it as much as I'd like to, and I I definitely want to try and do more uh, this year, but sitting, watching some of those games on championship court, you know, was just incredible. And just feeling the pulse of pickleball in Telford, Mm. that's never going to diminish, I don't think. Um, it's wonderful and actually I just want to have a shout out actually to our live streaming crew we've been working with John Molyneux um, since 2021 and I think they get better and better and Mm. you know we watch a lot of live streaming um, from the states and from other countries and outside of some of the professional tours I think our live streaming you know is the best really um, and, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see what we can do this year for the English mm-hmm. Open as well. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Pride before a fall, though. <laughs> Say that again, sorry? I just said pride before. I was very proud of them, but pride yeah. before a fall, they say, don't they? Yeah. So, I, you, you know, anyway. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it was just so fast, the game, I think, and you could just see, you know, in person it was, in person, you realise how fast it is on live stream. It doesn't look quite as fast, but it still looks fast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it's just incredible. Well, well, um, really... This year for the English Open, I've got something I can share. I have got something I can share. Great. This year for the English Open, we always have a team event 
Last year, we had countries competing uh, against each other. This year, it's going to be Battle of the Paddles. Um, mm. So, uh, you know, we're, we're offering uh, paddle brands the opportunity for uh, their paddles to be used in a team. So they'd be the team owner um, and everyone can get involved. So if people are registered for, pickle, uh, for the English Open, uh, regardless of if it's the day that they um, uh, were originally planning to come along, if they can be there in Telford, if they want to play for a particular brand, they identify which brand they want to play for on the day, it's free everyone can come in um, and they'll get uh, to play as part of a league representing the brand. And then when it comes to the, 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 the league positions will be um, uh, accumulated. And then uh, when it comes to the knockouts, the uh, paddle brands can choose their squad to represent them for the knockout rounds. Mm -hmm. So there's prize money for um, the um uh, for the, the the winners in the squad that, that get chosen, but there's free play representing a brand for the other people that are there during the day, and there's an opportunity to try different brands out. You can only you can only play for one brand, but there's an opportunity to try all sorts of different brands on the day. So mm -hmm. I think that Battle of the Paddles is going to be a really great event at the English Open, and you mm. heard it here first. That's great. Yeah, the team event was great as well last year. Um, you had. That's really good fun as well to watch. But I think what I'll say as well about the pros and that team event is that, even, you know, even the pros from the US, they didn't take it lightly, uh, the English Open. They all really wanted to win. You know, they, you could tell. And, uh, yeah. and you know, that, that's what made it really exciting as well because they were they were, they were were annoyed if they didn't win or that wasn't going their way. And uh, it, was, it was really good to see that because that, really, that passion really came through on that court and made it a really kind yeah. of a electric atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, um, we'll wrap it up there, Karen. I want to be respectful of your time. I know you're, you're busy. So um, I just want to say thanks so much for coming on. It's been really nice talking to you and, um, and yeah, for sharing what you have. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks again thanks for everything for you do. Thank you. Thank you. Right. And, uh, you know, as I said at the uh, uh, AGM, it, the accomplishments that we shared at the AGM are not the board's accomplishments or any individual's accomplishments. It's the collective accomplishment of everyone involved in Pickleball, you know, from the players to the club leaders uh, to county representatives, regional directors and um, the national directors, but also the ecosystem that is evolving as well, you know. Um, so it's it, it, we all should... You know, feel really good about how far pickleball has come in this short time. Uh, but you know, you ain't seen nothing yet, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll be in 12 months' time, it'd be great to see. Okay, thank you very much, Karen. Thanks for your time, Mark. All right, thank bye -bye. you.